Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I am pleased to report that Matt and I survived our six-month podcast anniversary. And I'm Matt Saintsing. Or am I, or am I just a character in a simulated world? We're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, Ryan, I think you had some self-corrections you wanted to jump into. I did. So as I was auditorially, auditorially, auditorial, audibly, 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 as I was, as I was audio biographically (laughs) reviewing our podcast, (laughs) (laughs) as I was audio biographically reviewing our podcast. I noticed uh, a slight slip up in my fantasy lore. Ooh. Well, you know, I wasn't there to uh, fact check you because I'm just not into that shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, you know what? I-, I know for a fact that you have not looked at the email and I've been out of town no, on business for a week. So I'm, I'm just going to click over to the email to see if I have any emails from Maurice <laughs> uh, yeah, or Diana. Yeah, yeah. I-, I never check the email, by the way. I never check the email. You should. There's I know, good stuff in there. All right. All right, there it is. Oh wait, no, Maurice sent us a claim to. Uh, oh, ooh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take a look at this. All right. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna go in order here. So first, the correction that I'd like to make is uh, the Wheel of Time reference that I pointed out in the Reddit user's name last week. Uh, Dark SI was not Wheel of Time. It's Game of Thrones, and I know that because this is it's the city that the Red Lady Melisandre comes from. Mm, okay. Matt's nodding and saying, I, mm, like he's watched Game of Thrones. I never have. I watched the series. I've read all of the books up to the point oh. where George R.R. R. Martin said, yeah. fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I even own the World of Ice and Fire book of lore. I feel like you, you might as well be speaking ancient Greek to me, which you might be able to do, too. Because <laughs> that's what kind of a nerd you are. <laughs> Hoto Anthropo. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly. That's about right. the extent of my ancient Greek. I took one semester and it was uh, and flushed in- the rest. <laughs> Is in one ear and out the other. If it really comes down to it, if civilization collapses and they need somebody to translate Greek or Latin for that matter, I do have the textbooks. I am the okay. Rosetta Stone of our post-apocalyptic future. I will not look forward to that. It sounds horrible. But <laughs> my, I'll tell you what, my butthole clenched a little bit when I saw an email from Maurice because I thought, oh, for sure, he's he's got me nailed here. Yeah, but yeah. potential podcast claim to investigate is a way friendlier title to an email. Hopefully it's a sting operation. He's like, fuck off. You got it wrong. Yeah. So (laughs) what I'm going to do right now, Matt, is I'm going to present my screen. All right. That's the wrong one. Two, two, two men heading towards middle age, trying to figure out technology here. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What I'm looking at here is a picture. There's like a sign that looks like on the beach and the picture says, well, first of all, it's got an image with a chainsaw that's like essentially cut in half by like almost like a seatbelt. No, it's not a seatbelt. That is a it's faded, sun faded. So it's a circle 
with a, oh, uh, with a line there, like the Ghostbusters logo. I was just about to say the Ghostbusters. Okay, so it looks like a negative space seatbelt from where I sit. But yeah, it says uh, chainsaws and the use of chainsaws is strictly prohibited on this beach. Aside from fact checking, it's always good to not mess a chainsaw when you're, you're going to be half naked. If we zoom in, it says Sunderland City Council. Ooh. Well, we haven't had time to fact check this yet, so got reaction. Yes, I would say that this is probably a correct meme that is not photoshopped. It looks fairly legitimate. Yeah, it looks legit. And there's people at the beach in the background. You can see. Uh, I think this no is chainsaws. So that I, checks out. I think Sunderland is a city in the UK. And I would say if we saw people in the background wielding chainsaws, that this would probably be a Photoshop. Like somebody's like, nah, no chainsaws. But in this case, uh, what I find really convincing is the sign itself is bolted to a piece of wood. It looks like plywood and yeah. there's rust around the uh, around the, the bolts. So it's been there for a while. Yeah. Which checks out when you look at the uh, I, don't, I don't know what the symbols called the little ne negation. Like, don't do this here. Wagging your finger. The the circle with the line through it is the finger wag of signs. Yeah, I think your your description of it being a Ghostbusters uh, logo ish. I think that's a I think everyone knows what the hell you're talking about now. Yeah, but you if take they out the, they should. You take out the ghost and you put the thing that makes you a ghost. Like, yeah, the only thing that's questionable about it is that the chainsaw and the text itself do not appear to be sun faded, whereas the circle itself does. However, when you're dealing with different color inks, they react yeah. to UV rays at different speeds. So the faded circle checks out because the bolts are rusted. The rest of it looks pretty crisp, which is suspect, but not necessarily damning. The color, it kind of looks like a faded yellow, which would make sense if it was in the sun for so long, depending on the color it was originally. So I, I, do, I totally believe it. Our job here isn't necessarily to determine absolutely whether something is yeah. true or not true. Our job is to sometimes just make gut reaction calls about whether something is plausible. And in this case, chainsaw use on the beach, there are very good reasons to use a chainsaw on a beach. Cutting beach wood, driftwood. Yep. A lot of people collect driftwood for art and decoration purposes. I so, just feel like if you're doing that, you should just take the wood to a different place and chainsaw there. I think that's a polite thing to do. Yeah, but when I think of England, I don't think of big macho trucks. That's America. I also don't think a chainsaw is, to be honest with you, you know, I'm sure they have the technology. I don't know. I feel like if, if British people had chainsaws, they would definitely use it to uh, to try to impose empire around the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> Historically uh, speaking, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that rings true for me is that this is put up by the city council and this sign seems to be composed exclusively of public domain art. This is clip oh, art. Cl clip art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally clip art is very popular in underfunded city governments. However, it's also very popular with people making Photoshop bullshit. But what really rings true for me here is the fact that the Sunderland Echo. Oh, it's like a newspaper. Has reported on this and it shows a brand new crisp clean version of the sign. Oh, what color is the thing? I, actually, I will just share my screen again. So it's red. Sun bleach red would turn yellow. I totally would believe that. This version of the image is a little bit clearer. Somebody faking this isn't going to update their fake meme over time. I'm going to call this 100% correct. Absolutely. I just have questions of what it took to put that sign up. I just, like how many people had chainsaws on this beach? Enough. Enough people for them to be like, you know, for the city council, you know, to, <laughs> to be like, we got to put a sign up. So people complained. There's like these British people who are going there's there's too many damn chainsaws every time I go to the beach. 
the three weeks of the year you can go to the beach in England, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, don't fuck it up with the chainsaw noises, guys. Yeah, yeah. So this is yeah. actually 100% correct. Yes, the city of Sunderland has banned chainsaws from their beaches, and it is, as we guessed, the result of people breaking up branches, planks, and bits of boats that are tossed around by the sea, a.k.a. Flotsam and Jetsam. Incidentally, Flotsam and Jetsam, also the names of Ursula the Sea Witches, eel friends, and lackeys. Oh. That uh-huh. is from uh, Little Mermaid, written by Hans Christian Andersen, a Danish uh, hero, I would say. Mm-hmm. And like most fairy tales, it's an allegory. And what is an allegory but a fictional representation of ideas, morals, and mores? That brings us to our next question. This comes from a board where if you've been with us for any amount of time over our barely north of six-month history, you already know that we pull from a board where stupid questions don't exist, they can't exist, and I don't have a third thing to the list, but the power of three still stands, you know? No stupid questions I'm talking about. Our stuff, oh. no stupid questions. Well, in that case, the third thing that I would add to that list is not tolerated. Stupid questions are not tolerated. Ooh, stupid questions are not tolerated because if somebody managed to slide a stupid question in there, I think they get the boot immediately. You 86 their ass quick, like a, mm-hmm. like a, drunk, like a drunk person in a casino in Vegas. Yeah. Well, or you'd press the eject button in their Aston Martin as they drive towards the beach to chainsaw driftwood. Very. Oh, yeah. James James Bond would definitely like have a fucking chainsaw in his Aston Martin. That's 100 percent true. Well, this question comes from user Innovatium. Uh, and the question is, what difference does it make whether we live in a simulation or not? Ryan, I absolutely love this topic and I'm ready to get into the theory of if we are in a simulation. OK, well, I'd like to point out that. It's not whether we're in a simulation, it's whether it makes a difference if we're in a simulation. Correct, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to give a brief description of what a simulation theory is and then we'll talk about what the difference it makes. I'm game. So, theory. Um it really <laughs> We're sweet. I am that kind of nerd. That is the kind of nerd I am. Yeah. <laughs> So um, modern simulation theory comes from 2003, uh, Oxford philosopher by the name of Nick Bostrom. And he wrote a, a seminal paper in the field, came out in 2003. Nick Bostrom's argument here is that there are three possibilities that certainly one of them is at least true. The first thing is that all human civilizations or human-like civilizations go extinct before we can develop the capacity to, co- to create a simulation or a simulated reality. The second is that if civilizations do reach this phase, none of them will run simulations. Maybe there's an ethical problem. Maybe they just like don't want to actually do it. And then the third, which I think is actually the most interesting, is that advanced civilizations would have the ability to create many, many simulated worlds. And that means there'd be far more simulated worlds than non-simulated ones. So the chances of us being in a simulated world is way more if the third prong is, is true. Yeah, okay. I I under I appreciate that. It really is adaptation of Plato's allegory of the cave goes back to ancient times and antiquity. It it is pretty applicable. Basically, Plato's allegory of the cave is that we are watching the wall of a cave and everything we perceive as reality of our world is actually shadows cast upon a wall by an unseen light and uh, simulated reality. Yeah, it's a simulated reality. Right. And then there's the truth. Then there's the true reality behind us, which is also a light. I don't know why he needs two light sources here, but he does it. (laughs) 
Seems a little yeah. redundant, Plato, but you know what? When you're dead for 2,000 plus years, you can't ask them. The sting of criticism doesn't really hit you as hard unless you've been removed from your simulation and returned to the world. I guess it all depends on the nature of the simulation. Who are we to say that Plato can't be criticized and feel it? So then the question is, what difference does it make? I think this is interesting. I think... Um, when I first was learning about simulation theory, I kind of had the same thought. I'm like, well, I don't give a shit because this world is, it's real enough for me to touch and feel and taste and have all the sensations. And if it's real enough for that, then it's real enough for me. So what difference would it make for me to know that I am actually, I have strings attached to me, right? And I am not who I say I am. But do you have strings attached to you if it's a true simulation? Now, here's, here's another question. Could we possibly be the simulation of a simulation? This snowballs into crazy mind wrapping crazy shit. It's like very trippy. The only difference I think is that if we do find out we are living in a simulation, that would have implications for how we treat people in our criminal justice system mm -hmm. right? about sustainability. Right. I mean, maybe we could just hack the universe and we could create more resources maybe like in the Matrix. Well, yeah, exactly. The Matrix is a really good version of this. If you're unfamiliar with simulation theory and if you're still confused, if you watch the Matrix, it's actually a really good um version of it and morpheus actually is the the greek god of dreams which i think is just very it's very interesting no so uh, i get what difference does it make uh, i don't know do you think it makes a difference no not at all um yeah because here's here's why as an atheist <laughs> the reality of having a deity is essentially simulation theory when you have an afterlife you are in a simulation and based on the output of that simulation, it determines what removed simulation you get pulled into or what what higher level like you level up, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. So most yeah. major religions don't differentiate all that much from simulation theory. It's just one is posited as a sentient being of significant scientific power to be able to create a reality that is indistinguishable from the physical world, which again, we assume because let's say yeah. we're dealing with fourth or fifth dimensional beings, which have abilities far beyond us. You know, the, the fact that they're able to create sentience at a three dimensional level might not be all that impressive to them. We could be somebody's high school science project in in the exactly. fifth dimension, which would explain why they program me to have bipolar disorder. And why didn't they make me 10 feet tall with a 10 inch dick? Right. Is <laughs> because that wouldn't work. Well, I mean, that you'd still be proportionally about the same then. On I average, guess right. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I, 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 Why didn't they make me 10 feet tall with a 12 inch dick? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly right. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a very human thing. They programmed in us. Guys want bigger dicks, right? It was how that guy anyway in the previous episode. Um, Fun fact, human beings actually have the largest penises on yes. average in the primate kingdom. So that's true. The, the smallest ones are the gorillas. And the reason for that is uh, gorillas mate with every single female in the troop. And uh, we have to compete for sex. So we need bigger dicks for that reason. That's right. Sometimes we recycle content. Do you know why? Because we like talking about monkey dicks that much. Yeah, well, they're ape, ape dicks, right? Yeah, ape, 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 ape inch dicks. Um, no, so <laughs> I think, um, you know, you talk about leveling up. Uh, one last thing I would say about this is um, I have thought what a funny thing would be is if when you die, you are an alien holding a bong and all your friends are around you saying, how was it? <laughs> I, I hope that's what happens. I hope that's what happens. Yeah. Honestly, I think. I'm, I'm very much a I don't want to say an Epicurean. Can you define that? I know what I know what it means, but for, I'm being the I'm being the listener's advocate, right? It's now. Epicurious's philosophy that life is basically for pleasure. So enjoy what you have. 
while you're here. While you're here. And, and that being said, I think I would tag on to that. Help others enjoy what they have while they're here, because what we know about the reality that we live in, we have to assume that what we're experiencing is somehow the same as what other people are experiencing. And Ooh. simulation theory and solipsism are sometimes used as excuses to mistreat other people. One thing I would say is um, it's impossible for me to see the world through anyone else's eyes. I know I'm conscious because I'm going through an experience. I don't even know if you are, but because you're like me, I assume you are. And that's just a whole other trippy yeah, that's just that's just basic human to. pattern recognition. Exactly. So I think it does matter when you're talking about making the world a better place. If, there, if we could somehow hack the universe to make us more enjoy more shit, as you say, very mm -hmm. Epicurean, then I think it matters. But um, but isn't that what science is doing? So it's interesting you bring that up is they're definitely trying to chip away and explain the universe. But there we are um, limited by our own brains and our, so, our own ability to observe. So what I would say is that it doesn't make a difference because the ability to not understand a virtual universe is exactly the same as the inability to understand an actual universe. I mean, our virtual universe is actual universes. I would for us. Yes. Right. If we live in one. There's no difference between not understanding those two different types of universes. Absolutely. No, I think you're I, I think you're right. But speaking of things we don't understand, I was cruising Facebook the other day and somebody had posted a picture of what appears to be a statue, a bronze statue. So somebody posted this image to social media. And Matt, I want you to just describe what you're seeing here. Uh, I am looking at what appears to be a pubescent boy. I would say a teenager. Uh, a bronze statue of a teenager, and what looks like it looks like he's fucking a sea turtle. I'll be honest. He's just, <laughs> it's, I mean, like it looks like he's 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 doggy style, which is also turtle style, I guess. I, I, would, I, would, I would assume, but he's wearing like a crown of like a, whatever the ancient Greek. What is that? Feathers or like the like? It's a laurel of a uh, laurel. It looks like right. olive leaves. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and I mean, this kid is he's got some muscles, which makes me seem makes me think that he's you know between 13, 14, 15. and he's got a he looks very happy. He's got a smile on his face the expression on this turtle though is his mouth is a gape it could be in pleasure it could be it could be in surprise i don't know the sea turtle didn't say <laughs> yeah so it's definitely an homage to classical sculpture i think that the artist would probably intend for you to think of this boy as capturing the turtle or riding the turtle R riding is what i would say the intention was but he looks like he's fucking it i guess first question is is this a real statue I hopes to God it is. The photograph is very convincing. <laughs> and the answer is yes, it is real, Matt. That's how I know we're living in a simulation because who the <laughs> fuck would make this other than an alien somewhere? Like, this is funny. You know? So the statue is actually called Boy with Turtle. And it's the <laughs> centerpiece of the Burnside Fountain in... It, it looks like it says Worcester, Massachusetts, but all That's of us New Worcester. Englanders know for a fact that this is Worcester. I also used to live in I lived in England for six months. I also know it's Worcester. Yeah. It's Worcester. Worcester. It was commissioned as part of a public fountain intended to provide fresh water to horses and dogs <laughs> by a woman named Harriet F. Burnside in memory of her father, who was a prominent lawyer in Worcester. What the hell was he into? He wasn't he wasn't into young boys. He wasn't into turtles. He was into young boys fucking turtles. I feel like um, he was into erectile dysfunction. That's what I'm looking <laughs> at here. <laughs> uh, the statue was completed in 1912. And unfortunately for uh, unfortunately for Harriet, the actual intended use to water horses and dogs was never fully realized because of the rise of the automobile. 
Does the water come out of the turtle's mouth? I think the reason why water doesn't come out of the turtle's mouth is because it would imply a certain level of liquid continuity. Essentially that this young Greek god looking boy was blasting so hard it came out of the turtle's mouth. I would say maybe maybe it's just like an exorcist situation. He's just like <laughs> he's like pushing something out of there, you know. He's like, "Get out, devil! Get out! Get out, seaweed!" I don't know. If they, <laughs> I don't know what they eat, you know. Maybe they were cursed by Ursula the Sea Witch. Oh, good callback. She's like, "You'll forever be bound to this turtle, junk to shell." <laughs> oh man, I, I, did you just watch that? Your your you, your memory is fresh with this. I feel like you got kids, so you might you might have seen it. I have a lot of opinions about The Little Mermaid. I don't know if I've aired them on this show before, but you, it is, you have not. It is a rich tapestry of the patriarchy. Oh, we're going to get back to the statue. But for the moment, let's talk about The Little Mermaid for a minute. All right. Yeah, a lot of people, a, a, lot a, of while. people a lot of people point to The Little Mermaid as their favorite Disney movie. But the themes explored in that film are dark as fuck. It is a story of a young woman who literally gives up her voice to achieve upward mobility in order to meet Uh. a man in a limited period of time before she turns into a shriveled up old piece of seaweed. Hans Christian Andersen is not the woke uh, person I thought he was. (laughs) Nor is the Walt Disney Company in the 1990s, but King Triton forbids her from going. And you could look at this as an allegory for college. Whoa. Like kind of an old view of of college where you go to college to meet. Find a husband. Now, the only other major female character in the film is Ursula the Sea Witch. Sea Witch, yep. Who is a woman who signs contracts. She has magic similar to King Triton's. But her lower torso is literally just a parody of male genitalia. It was the tentacles. Yeah, her entire yeah. lower torso is dicks. And then who are her friends? <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam. Other uh, dicks. dicks. Yeah, they're just yeah, more yeah. dicks. They, 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 there is like a, I mean, I mean every, a lot of people have heard about there being hidden penises in the uh, Little Mermaid. I would say they're not so hidden. <laughs> no, they're everywhere. And how does yeah, she get yeah. slain at the end of the film, by the way? Well, uh, spoiler if alert. If you don't want to hear how Ursula the Sea Witch is killed, I guess we've already spoiled that Damn, part. I was... <laughs> <laughs> That's I, so funny. I, whatever. <laughs> the movie came out in like 1989. Like I think it'll be all right. 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. 30 years. Yeah. But uh, Prince Eric, the chosen Panus, if the you will, patriarch, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy who King Triton ultimately gives his blessing to marry his daughter, slays yep. the sea witch, a.k.a. the temptation to engage in manly activities like business by steering his ship into her. Uh oh. Impaling her on that large phallic symbol at the front of the ship. Wow. Okay. Um. I mean, I'm sold. Yeah. This is a. Uh, this is it's just like Jurassic Park, mate. It's the anti-Jurassic Park. So anyway, back to this turtle fucking statue in Worcester. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The fountain has an interesting history that ties into American history in kind of a major way. Oh, it, because the fucking. It's like yeah. It's <laughs> the fucking fu- is upon us. P- people getting people getting fucked is an American tradition. Yeah. Absolutely. The true fucking of America occurred in 1860 up until 1864. With the Civil War, during which President Abraham Lincoln led the Union to a triumphant and resounding victory that has never been questioned (laughs) over the Confederate States of America. And it's fixed everything. It fixed everything. I will say, given the history of statuary in America in the public space, a young man fucking a turtle is probably one of the less offensive statues on display at the center of a town. The fountain was actually designed by Henry Bacon, who designed the Lincoln Memorial. Wow. 
I did not know that. Is there like a uh, Robert E. Lee uh, face in this one, too, just like there is in the uh, supposedly this conspiracy in the Lincoln Memorial? Yeah, it's right around the turtle's butthole with its mouth open. I'm not going to go ahead and uh, look at that. <laughs> go around, <laughs> it's go Robert, around the Rob, side here. This turtle's butthole is Robert E. Lee's face with his mouth agape. <laughs> Just waiting to receive. <laughs> oh, God. So Henry Bacon designed the area. The statue itself was actually started by a guy named Charles Y. Harvey, uh, who killed himself before the statue was finished for obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, oh, so it's, it's not finished. This is a this is no, this, this is, a it is finished. Statue was completed by a man named Sherry Edmondson Fry. Okay. Who was also, interestingly enough, involved in the adoption of camouflage in the American Army during World War One. How much of the statue was was complete before he did it? Because did he just make a turtle and the other guy just made a boy fucking the turtle is what I hope <laughs> happened. Or the one guy just made a boy and the other guy's like, fuck this guy. I'm going to make him fucking a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the case. No, I hope I that's think the case. I, what happened was Charles Harvey was just like, I've got to make, oh, I got to make this fucking statue. I'm so depressed. He starts, he's like, it's going to be a boy fucking a turtle. Then Sherry yeah. shows up and he's just like, well, I, she said to finish the statue. Does she, is she aware that this is a boy fucking a turtle? And then he's just like, well, I guess I'll finish it. Uh, yeah. Speaking of finishing, I was here's a boy say. fucking a turtle. <laughs> Let me, let I kind of uh, want to see the back of the turtle. What does it look like? Is it guess this bear? Is he like, you know, there's got to be a 3D simulation. Like, is there is we are in a simulation. Of, does this turtle exist in Second Life? I don't know what Second Life is. It a video game? It's it was it was something that was big like 15 years ago. It was like, like virtual. Fortnite. It was like virtual okay. spaces that corresponded okay. with real world spaces. It was it's fucking dumb. Yeah. Sounds to right, to any it. Second Lifers out there, I apologize for calling the hobby that you poured so much time and love into dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so during World War One, the French and British military started introducing camouflage to hide their positions. And he and and some other people petitioned to start a similar unit for the United States Army. Uh, the camouflage unit that they formed uh, set sail for France on New Year's Day in 1918. Interesting. So they went to the front lines and their primary responsibility was camouflaging artillery positions. So this guy's legacy at this point is he worked with the guy who designed the Lincoln Memorial. He finished a statue of a boy fucking a turtle. <laughs> and then they shipped him off to war because he was really passionate about hiding his work. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he, he had to go into hiding after that. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, if I can hone my skills in the Great War, I can take what I've learned home and cover that statue up. <laughs> the war to end all wars is him fighting this statue in association with it. That's the war to end all wars. Yeah. Uh, so the, the statue itself has been prominently displayed in Worcester. It fell into disrepair for a long time because people weren't exactly proud of it. Yeah, I can't imagine why. Yeah, because yeah. although the original artist may have intended for it to look like a boy riding a turtle, it sure as shit looks like a boy fucking a turtle. Especially the angle we have. We kind of have a three quarters angle. If you any art minded people out there, it's definitely the, the, the photo was definitely meant to appear. It is like this boy screwing this turtle. Yeah, thank you for saying screwing because I'm concerned that we're using the F word too much. I should be I should be describing this as a boy making love to a turtle. It's a child. I mean, I don't want to talk about the sexual proclivities of children any more than we already have. <laughs> Good God, two weeks in a row. <laughs> um, can we make it a turkey? Can we make it three weeks in a row? How far can we keep this up? Yeah. Before we get canceled. 
by the way, this image I'm definitely putting on Instagram because it's hilarious. It's, yes, it's, it's, it's insane. Speaking of throwing a bunch of brush and debris onto something to hide it from public view. What about situations where you're trying to create something and put it in public view? So we also have another no stupid question. I feel like this, they're really the bookends of this episode, the r slash no stupid questions. Um, and this one comes from ve- user Vexy Benny. And the question is, can I legally throw a lot of dirt into international waters to build my own island and create a nation? Or a prison for guys who make statues of, of, of young men making sweet, sweet, passionate, semi-aquatic love to turtles. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so first of all, um, this is an interesting question. No individual has ever successfully made islands and declared a new country. Technically, it could be done, but it would be a Herculean task where an individual, I'm sure like Jeff Bezos or any any of his other billionaire space friends. Once these uh, guys get to the moon, they're going to start building islands in the ocean. They could do it, probably. It would just take crazy financial resources and technical know-how. I imagine you'd want to stay away from certain parts of the ocean. It has its limitations. You would need to stay 200 miles outside of every nation's exclusive economic zone. And that's just something, you know, this is where working for a Japanese newspaper really helps because I cared a metric shit ton about the South China Sea when I worked there. And China is legit building islands in the South China Sea. So they're doing what this guy wants to do. They're not starting a new nation but they're building like these militarized reefs, right? Well, they got a lot of people. They got to expand that territory. Well, there's no people living in this area. Yeah, they, they got to expand the territory into water. And oh, by the way, this is a body of water that like in 2016, $3.5 trillion worth of commerce transverse through it. So it's definitely, they're definitely trying to just like lay claim to that. You yeah, know? and why? And the reason why they're doing this doesn't actually have to do with the, the high population. Like you mentioned, there's a lot right, of economic right. activity in that region. It has to do with fishing rights also. Well, mineral rights, yeah. They're extending their borders essentially to capture more territory that is under international law unclaimed. They are, uh, well, they are claiming the South China Sea for them, but there's also many other claimants of the South China Sea. Vietnam, Malaysia, Philippines, just to name a few. Taiwan, I think, has it. But I kind of want to talk about a little bit about the exclusive economic zone because you would need to build your island outside of this. And an EEZ is an area of sea in which a uh, sovereign state has special rights regarding exploration and or the use of maritime resources mm-hmm. like fishing, mineral rights, energy production from water and wind. And oil. Exactly. Oh, yeah. South China Sea has like a shit ton of natural gas and oil in it. Another reason why China wants it. It's an interesting idea, but I looked around the world and I was trying to see where I would want to build my island. Okay. And uh, in the Middle East... Just east of Oman, south of Iran and Pakistan and west of India, there's some water that is less than 700 feet deep and it is outside of everyone's economic exclusive zone. So in terms of island building, that would be the cheapest. That'd be the bargain bin location to build your island. I think it would be a place where you would have to use the least amount of resources like soil, clay and whatever the hell else you're using to build your island. Yeah. I also think Iran, Pakistan and India wouldn't be too happy about some guy just fucking around and building an island in the middle of nowhere. So there's definitely some geopolitical problems. Yeah, I think they would fuck your shit up. And I think if you're actually going to build up from the seafloor, it's just going to take an, a remarkable amount of rocks, sand, whatever, which is why China can do it and people can't. Right. Or if you could build a James Bond villain style volcano machine. You could shoot a laser deep into the earth, piercing the mantle. I uh, gotcha. gotcha. If, if you pierce the mantle to allow a volcanic eruption to occur, you could actually draw those resources that you require up from the ocean floor, just like Lex Luthor did in the Superman uh, Returns movie that came out in the early 2000s, starring Brandon Roth. 
And you bring up tectonic plates and mantle and volcanoes. You obviously, I was looking for places where you weren't on a rift because that has area where volcanoes and earthquakes can happen. I'm so proud of myself. I managed to get through that entire description of the movie Superman Returns without mentioning Kevin Spacey. Well, now you fucked that up. <laughs> well, all, I'm, all I'm saying is that trying to start new islands using Kryptonian technology is not the worst thing that he's done because he's a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so China has built islands in the South China Sea since about 2014, 2013. Uh, the sea has estimated 11 billion barrels of untapped oil and 190 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. Not any uh, surprise that they want to claim this. But they're, but the method of doing it is just kind of like a dickhead loophole. So, yeah, so the reason why they're doing this is, you know, they've built islands out in the Spratly Islands, again, possesses rich natural resources and fishing areas, right? They're doing this so they can lay claim to it. It's a set, Imagine if the United States built some islands off the coast of Hawaii and then claimed the entire Pacific Ocean for ours. That's essentially what China is trying to do in the South China Sea. It's laughable on its face. Like the, the problem of small uninhabited islands in the Pacific Ocean and elsewhere, for that matter, have been hugely problematic for geopolitical reasons, like you mentioned. So the yeah. fact that China is actually creating new islands that cannot be contested by other states is an interesting strategy because it's completely bypassing any historical claim that somebody might have to that territory by inserting new land there. Yeah, this is a common problem in Asia. You have a lot of uh, you have a lot of maritime countries that lay claim to these small islands that are out in the middle of nowhere. There, there's lots of conflict between Japan and Korea and between South Korea, and North Korea. And then on the other side in the Yellow Sea, China and the various Koreas. In Japan and China, the Senkaku Diadu Islands, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Really, this like China creating islands from scratch is sort of short circuiting any sort of historical claim somebody might have to a territorial water. Exactly. It's it is an interesting strategy. Um, it is a dickhead move, as you say. And the international court in, in at The Hague, they actually ruled uh, in the Philippines favor when they petitioned the international court over China's sweeping claim. And of course, China just didn't show up. They just ignored. They're not. They're like, yeah, they don't like, care. We don't accept that. Yeah. And I mean, this is geopolitical and military implications. They're military. They're building like military bases, uh, uh -huh. airstrips and right now. And actually right now, today, the United States has an aircraft carrier that's traversing the South China Sea right now. So we're literally just like thumb in the eye, pissing in their cornflakes. We got a giant floating airport in, in your in your backyard, asshole. Very much international interest to keep the South China Sea unclaimed by any nation, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say that you were building your island on that little strip of submerged land between India, Pakistan and Iran. What would you want to include on it? What would you what would you put on it? Very first, I'd want uh, I want shelter and to include a toilet and I'd also want a bar. But then I'd have to, you know, have someone to work the bar, so I need shelter for them. It would turn into like a fire fist situation really quick. <laughs> I, you know what, Matt? I'd be willing to I'd be willing to take a shift at the bar. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Like if we're going to if we're going to have a don't wreck yourself island, which I think is the best way to do it, because nobody wants to have a lonely island. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll, we'll quarter off the island. So we'll make half of it shared space. A quarter of it can be my part of the island. A quarter of it can be your part of the island. And then we'll put the bar in the shared area. I uh, initially thought of this as just being my island. And now you're kind of encroaching on my claim to this fake island in the middle of the Pacific, <laughs> in the middle of, off the coast of the Middle East. In the middle of this episode. In the Yeah, in the middle of this. And yeah, I don't know. I maybe want a landing strip or a marina. Somehow I can leave the island if I want. Which sort of pubic hair configuration is that? I know what a landing strip is, but what's a marina? Oh, it's it's where you allow other people to dock with you. <laughs> That's what you braid, you braid together with other people. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like that is dangerous. Uh, maybe it's, it's like what that boy was doing with that turtle. They don't have hair. 
Maybe they were in a five-legged race. I don't know. <laughs> a five-flippered race. Five-flippered <laughs> five death punch. Maybe it's, maybe it's an aquatic wheelbarrow race. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hot. Hot. Uh, but you know what else is hot right now? Uh, the soft, soft tunes of Rick Reynolds. Damn straight. You know, he just did another live show uh, recently, and it looks like it was pretty well attended. Oh, awesome. Good for Rick. Maybe he should talk about our podcast next time he's doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Rick, what do we have to do to pay you to do even more for us than you're doing right now? Oh, I think you you, you gave it away. You said pay you. What do we have to do to pay you? That's what you have to do. You have to pay him. (laughs) And the answer is always a private island in the South China Sea. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly right. Oh, man. You can find Rick's music pretty much wherever you find music. Spotify, Amazon, Apple iTunes, and also he has a YouTube channel. Oh, well, that's that's everywhere you can find us uh, except for YouTube. And also we're Wreck Your Pod on social media. We have a Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and Facebook group and page. Make sure you're joined and like to both. All right. We also have a wreck your pod. We also have an email at wreckyourpod at gmail.com. And if you do send us any tips or claims of, to fact check, we may do it in real time, just like we did this episode. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Maurice, for engaging with us and giving us stuff to talk about. We actually kicked out one of our topics at the end of the show. We, we moved it back to next week because I felt like you gave us some good material to work with. As he has done historically, we really do appreciate the support. A, a sculptor is only as strong as his raw material, and if your raw material is a... I think we've made enough jokes about that. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope we never talk... I hope we never talk with the statue ever again. <laughs> we will. <laughs> Oh, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. Oh, my God. So if you find yourself between now and when next we meet, cruising the Internet, searching for rehabilitation centers for people who can't stop joking about young men having sex with turtles... And you're not yeah, sure. That's, <laughs> and if, and you're that's not what sure. I would build on my island. That's what I build on my island. <laughs> and, and you're looking at a and you're looking at a very convincing web page that is simply a subdomain of wreckyourpod.com. We encourage you to question the existence of that institution and to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart.